Welcome back to another episode on the Expand Your Awareness podcast. So today, as you notice, I'm saying this on Instagram. However, we're also filming the podcast right now as well. So you see we got this uh, whole setup going. I'm here with Victor Odo again. Hey, what's up, guys? So uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to answer some of your questions. What we're also going to do is we're going to explain some ideas to you. We are going to kind of have like an interaction. That's kind of the way the podcast has been lately is it's not just a one-on like ideas and like us sharing ideas. It's also like you guys are a part of it too, which I think is kind of cool. So we have a whole bunch of people joining right now. Uh, We have the modern midwife. We have Fran, Lady Bosom, a whole bunch of people. So I want to thank you guys for being here with us today. Uh, And we're going to go ahead and get into some of the stuff that we want to talk about. Today, I had like this theme. Uh, We were in Sedona. First off, just to give it context, we're in Sedona. Uh, We've been in Sedona for about uh, three days. It's our third day. It's our third day here. And uh, today's the final day. We got here, we did a whole bunch of work, and then today what we're doing is uh, it's more of like a relaxed day because we come here every six weeks to kind of refresh, you could say refresh our vibration in a way. And um, at the fundamental level, uh, we think that one of the main things that has allowed us to really do what we love for a living and to really kind of exploded our abundance, the kind of abundance lifestyle that we live has been doing things that we love to do. It's been raising our vibration or raising vibration, you know? So that's the thing that we're gonna be talking about is how can you raise your vibration and what are really the benefits of vibration and raising it? Because the truth is, is when you do that, everything changes. Now you can think of it kind of like, I'll give a little bit of an explanation before we get into like me and Victor, you know, kind of explaining it and everything, but there's different levels of consciousness. And when you raise your vibration, you get to a higher level of consciousness. And one of those levels is that of dropping that of duality, dropping that of seeing things as good and bad. This is when you get into what is called neutrality. When you get into neutrality, you can see that everything we experience in life is not good or bad. It is a neutral idea. We give it meaning. And when we start to integrate that idea into our life experience, we let go of a lot of, uh, a lot of the lower resistant emotions because a lot of actually transcending that of the vibration is actually just letting go. It's letting go of things that don't serve, maybe letting go of like grudges and things, like things you may have towards other people, like growing up, maybe something happened. You let go of those grudges and naturally your vibration will begin to raise. But in general, The first step of this whole process is becoming aware of your vibration in general. Become aware of where you are. If you're feeling resistance, just be honest with yourself. Be like, yo, I'm feeling resistance right now. If you're feeling abundance, then you're feeling abundant. If you're feeling, be aware on the scale of emotions. You know, there's shame, fear, guilt. Then you eventually move up to, you got anger, and then you have uh, eventually neutrality. Neutrality is when you let go of all those lower emotions. And then you got that of willingness, unconditional love, peace, joy, and enlightenment towards the top. Now, the idea is that what you want to do is let go. The more you let go, the more you raise up. But what we're going to be talking about today is certain activities that get us towards that upper reign of vibration because in general, when you're in that state of being, everything changes around you. Remember, everything you experience in your life is a reflection of who you are being. And when you change your vibration, how you are resonating, what you are thinking, think of how you are resonating, your vibration as an accumulation of what you think, how you feel, and how you act, then everything in your life begins to change. And I know for me, uh, one of the things that raised my vibration the most has been doing what I love for a living. It's going full time and really stepping into my path, 
really stepping into making as many videos as I can because that's what I love to do. And the more I did that, the more I could then let go of what wasn't serving me anymore. And one of those things that wasn't serving me was a job that I didn't really prefer to have. It was working at Barney's New York and Woman's Shoes. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't my passion and I did it for years. Now, so I'd say that my biggest tip is uh, following your passion and getting into a flow state as often as you can and then neutralizing the negative emotions. And as you do that, you see that everything in your life begins to change. So that's kind of my whole spiel on it. Sure. Um, I know that yours is similar. You get into a flow state when you film videos, right? If you want to. Yeah, I, I had a couple things in mind I wanted to share as like practical ways of raising your vibration to a degree where you can really feel it. A lot of time we talk about raising your vibration, but you could you could tell pretty clearly when you're in a higher vibe state just by some obvious signs of just feeling really good, upbeat, enthusiastic, confident, hopeful, etc., optimistic. And I found the two ways that will predictably put me in that state are nature oh, yeah. and following my passion. Now, a lot of people, they, they wait to follow their passion because they're seeking out their one singular purpose. I gotta find my purpose before I can do my passion. Now, I've been doing my passion, I've been on YouTube a few years, maybe two years, but I've been following my passion for like a decade. And I've shared about it before. Initially, it, my passion was to like train people. I was a personal trainer. I was really into health and fitness and I, I opened a gym and all these different activities associated with my passion. And that eventually transitioned to what I'm doing now. But nonetheless, I've been consistently following a string of passion in my life. And, and though the form has taken many, taken many forms and changed, um, spending time, making time for things that put me, that just feel fun. Basically, whatever the next fun thing is, I try to make time for it. And that's allowed me to live in, I, I would say, a higher vibrational state than I was previously accustomed to. And therefore, I believe, I credit a lot of my, where my life is, my life is good now. And I really think it's because of, uh, again, following my passion, which has raised my frequency, as and, and Aaron said, sort of changed my consciousness and changed my reflection and then number two is nature like I'm, I'm someone who's done a lot of I'm like a eclectic sort of dude where I like a lot of different things I don't really like picking one thing so I've experimented with many forms of yoga and meditation and visualization Kundalini. I'm a Kundalini yoga instructor actually I was really into that for a while um, but honestly what works even better is just being not doing anything just chilling out in nature and now yeah. I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, wow, dude, you're in Sedona. Must be nice. Well, you know, yeah, that's after eight years of living this way. I'm in Sedona. But I used to live in like a city area just outside of Detroit, Michigan, where the weather was cold and dreary. No yeah, mountains. No mountains. He I'm loves always, mountains. <laughs> he's always like, oh, he's like, a, it's so, because it's green there, right? Isn't it green in For Michigan? For some of the months of the, out of the year, yes. Yeah, it's green there. So like here, I've been born and raised in Vegas, so it's always desert. And um, I really appreciate greenery. So even if it was just green, I'd be stoked. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, but there's no mountains. You come to Vegas and you got <laughs> mountains. You got Red Rock. You got Mount Charleston. Yeah. So I remember you were like, yeah, man, I, I was hearing in Colorado. Sometimes there's like deer that just come in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the mountains. <laughs> but, uh, but, my, but what I was going to say is that when I was in Michigan, I didn't sit back. Even in the dead of winter, I shit you not, I would go for an hour walk early in the morning and I would walk to a cemetery. There's a cemetery near my house. And even though there's a bunch of like tombstones and stuff and people thought that was weird, it was like the, I, I made the best of it. That was the most naturesque sort of scene I could find myself going to. 
and just being there by this murky little pond or amongst the gravestones, I felt very like my vibe was higher. I, I, I shot a lot of my YouTube videos there. Yeah. And so I made the best of it, basically. So nature and, and taking seriously your energy of passion and trusting that if you follow it as best you can, your life will continue to expand. Yeah, and sometimes as well, when it comes to figuring out, like you were saying, that one thing, like what is the one thing that I'm passionate about that's like my purpose in life? It doesn't necessarily have to be a one thing. And sometimes the one thing that it appears to be can just be like a carrot on a stick. You yeah, know, it's like, like the one thing in this moment. And exactly. And, and always bring it back to the moment. Like what in this moment am I most passionate about? And being passionate, it could be something very small. It could be like, you know, I feel like going to the park. I feel like uh, walking my dog or something like that. It really but, was that for me many times. Real quick, during a, like, the transition when I was like, I was in a real stressful place in my life with no money coming in, I'd feel inspired to go on a walk. And I always, my mind would always say, this seems like not the smartest usage of your time, dude. You have, you have a lot to do. But that mentality of so much to do, that stress, it, it lowered my vibration, preventing me from having mm -hmm. good ideas. So these walks, as, as ludicrous as that might have seemed in, in the context of my life, always put me in a better state and then the ideas would flow it's literally funny how that works isn't yeah. it we've been talking about that because um we do a lot of website work so, so like for example like our businesses and stuff a lot of it has to do with uh we have like websites and uh membership sites where you have people that we you know give premium content to and stuff and when we do that there's certain things that can go wrong with like technology for example and when that happens Sometimes it's like we get really frustrated and it's like trying to figure out how to optimize one thing on the website or if something, you know, it's like it's the thing that we, we I become very reactive when something's happening because I'm like, oh, I want all the, you know, I want everyone to be able to see everything great and I, I don't want them to not have content for a couple hours if my website's down or something, something small like that or just figuring something out with the technical stuff. But what I've realized is when I'm starting to feel resistance, if I keep pushing the issue to figure it out, it won't, I won't figure it out and actually make it worse. It's almost like I'm digging a hole deeper and deeper. But if I go out and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna detach, I'm feeling resistance, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go, that's what I'd normally do if I'm at my house, uh, like home in Vegas, you know? What I'll do is I'll go, there's a park like right down the street, I'll go walk barefoot on the grass. I find that that raises my vibration, this is the paradox. Then I go back to whatever I was doing and I get the answer and I'm like, oh yeah, I just have to go in and I have to f move this code around or something, you know? It's like something very small. But we do, anytime that we're trying to figure something out, a lot of times we'll just like chill. We're like, you know what, let's go do something and we'll come back to it. And then it's like, it just kind of flows, you know? So yeah. it's, a, it's this balance of like letting go and intention at the same time. Yeah. So what is that? Let's talk about high vibe places. So first off, we're at Bell Rock in Sedona. Let's talk about, you wanna talk about a little bit about what we did yesterday? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want, man. So yeah. So it's kind of cool. So yesterday, what we did is, um, oh yeah, we had this feeling like we we just had this. Uh, we know that Bell Rock has a very powerful like energy, and whether you're into vortex or energy or whatever, I mean, you you got to experience it to understand it. Because I never thought I would like Sedona as much as I as I have, and but you come here and it's just a certain vibe. But you come to this place that Bell Rock that we're in right now, and it's got a certain type of energy. It's got a certain type of vibe. And with that, you can almost feel it increase your vibration. So what we had this kind of like intuitive nudge to do is we decided that we were going to do a visualization exercise where we were almost at the very top. We kind of laid down, um, kind of like on the rocks, kind of like where we are right now, but we kind of like laid down in a place that we could. And we had like this whole visualization thing where we, we went over the next three months of some of the things that we want to create in our lives and some of the things we want to experience. And then what we did is we did the next six months. So we kind of did three month increments, then six months. And we kind of like, 
we kind of focused on what it would be like, the kind of person we're going we're gonna to be in three months, the kind of person we're going to be in six months. And we kind of were like almost masterminding together and linking up our intentions with like for each other so that we're almost adding to that reality in a way. So like our thoughts create our reality. And when we have certain intentions for certain probabilities in the future, that has a certain probability of happening. But when we do it together and we're like linking up our thoughts together in a similar type vision, even though it's some things are separate, you know, like I, you know, I may want to do a whole bunch of public speaking and stuff like that in three to six months. And he may want to do a little bit of that, but not a lot. So it's not like he has to be involved, but it's almost like we're thinking and we're, we're like kind of supporting each other and asking each other the right questions as to what that is. So for me, for example, it's like traveling, it's um, have been at it like certain levels within like the kind of value I could add. Um, for him, it was kind of similar. It's like having certain type of freedom in our life and a certain type of uh, lifestyle. And we're focused on those different aspects. And we also set an intent. Let's talk about like the intention we set beforehand. So we set this intention that we wanted our goals to link up also with adding value to the people that are kind of like are in within our realm of influence in a way. So anybody that's like, if you're watching this, we wanted we set an intention that also our goals link up to adding value because then it kind of connects to the soul. So this is kind of like us talking about visualization in the sense of like uh, what we want to manifest in our life, but also linking that up to the desire of helping other people at the same time. And because I think that when we do that, it almost comes from a very pure place because we are con connected. We are all connected. So when you add value to someone else, you also uh, add value to yourself in a way as well. That energy comes back. So that's something we did. We just kind of want to share it. I mean, I know it's not necessarily the most exciting thing, but it is something that's a little bit different than maybe you've heard before. But maybe look at some of the places you go. Like, where's some other places that we've, we've been to Costa Rica? That's got a really good uh, vibe. Even in Vegas, the Red Rocks we go to yep. quite a bit. Red Rocks Anywhere in Las Vegas. Where there's like space, there's just spaciousness. Yeah. I find to be helpful. Even like an open field can be very peaceful. Let me kind of turn this around. I know if you're on the podcast right now. You probably can't really see this, but um, I'm going to turn the camera around real quick just so you guys can see the kind of view that we're looking out at right now and how this kind of like expands our awareness and how when we're here, we're looking out right now, we see, um, you know, it's very, we can see very far distances. And, you know, when you're inside a house, what happens is you're in a house and you're, where's your attention? Your attention is like eight to 10 feet, maybe 20, 30 feet in front of you. When you're in front of a computer, your attention is like eight inches in front of you. It gets you kind of locked up inside your head. So when you go to a place like this, where you can see like miles in each direction, it kind of expands your perception, I found. I found that that at least is true for me. Um, so yeah, so where else? Um, okay, so we've been to Costa Rica, um, I like Sedona. Yeah, anytime around the water, ocean. Big bodies of water. I've always been drawn to lakes. Everything that had mm -hmm. to do with water always seemed to be sort of healing for my energy. Yeah. Cool. Even that psychic said that. She said, you got to be by water. I'm like, well, I like Vegas. I'll, yeah. I'll get a water fountain or something. Yeah. Yeah, water. Certain elements can be really good. So it just kind of depends. Um, yeah, yeah, we went to like this clairvoyant lady last time we were here in uh, Sedona. And she was really cool. She had a it was totally different than anything kind of experience like with the kind of information but one thing she recommended was like the kind of vibe your environment and when you're growing your business is very important so it kind of made me think about just things in a little bit differently you know but also just how to like kind of cultivate the right environment as well you know to be able to do what you love and kind of be around the kind of people that really influence your vibration as well um so let's see all right, so what we do now is we kind of had, that was kind of our spiel. Um, what we th I thought we'd do now is we answer some questions. 
So I want to say thank you guys. You guys are so interact. I see so many questions. Um, Ashley said it's so crazy. You all are friends because I watch both of you all the time and it's mind blowing. Yeah, happy to hear that. Um, yeah, that we, we hang out a lot and we've been posting a lot together. So we find that also a lot of people are just into both of our stuff. So it's kind of cool to see how our, our audiences kind of overlap, you know? Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, let's see. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm going to look for some questions. And um, let's see. Let me ask you guys a question, or just like, what kind of questions um, do you guys have for us? And we're gonna we're gonna answer some. Um, let's see, Joshua Tree. So, Mastic said Joshua Tree. I got mad vibes there when I was there. So yeah, I've heard a lot about Joshua Tree as well. So I need we need to check that out. I think that's in California. Um, let's see. What questions do you guys have? Let me see some questions. Yeah, so that's funny. Uh, someone said, how about Ayers Rock in Australia? It's similar kind of sacred place. I was telling them yesterday, there's this, actually, wow, that's kind of cool. So look right here. You, can see, you can't see from the podcast, but you guys see that little section right ahead right there? I was telling Victor yesterday, I was like, man, that kind of looks like a very small, like very obviously small Ayers Rock in Australia. And um, he's like, I was like telling him what Ayers Rock is. It's like this, like kind of like seventh wonder. It's in Australia. It's kind of like the Grand Canyon is one of the seven wonders. Ayers Rock is it's a huge rock. Um, so it's kind of like this cool place. Um, let's see. Let me see some questions. You guys are all saying really nice things. They love you guys. Uh, how do you guys stay on a frequency when bad things happen? That has to do. Um, so how do you stay on a frequency, on a positive frequency when bad things happen? The key is to give it, not give it negative meaning and to not let your internal state of being drop because of what's happening on the external. Because we always can choose our response to what happens. So for example, you lose a job. And from a certain perspective, you lost a job. Like even look at the way that that definition is kind of entrained. You lost a job. It's like you lost something. So it's kind of redefining it and realizing that you may have not lost a job, but maybe you gained more time to find out what you're really passionate about. Maybe you gained more space to figure out what that is. So it kind of like rearranges the perspective, but also you could give that a positive meaning. You're like, you know what? Now I'm gonna find something even more passionate. If that's one job that I like, that I thought I kind of liked, but maybe there's something even more so about it. Maybe you uh, break up, you get in a, like you break up with someone in a relationship and you're feeling sad about it. From another perspective, if you had that deep of a connection with someone, then maybe there's someone else out there that's even more so if that fell apart. Do you see what I mean? It's kind of the perspective and the feeling underneath it. So it's about just being honest with yourself. Do you have anything to add about that? Yeah, what I would say is, is sometimes it can be helpful to like relax on your expectations of maintaining a high vibration at all times, which neither of us do. We are always dipping up and down, mm -hmm. but what we when we go down, when something bad happens, we really try to learn from it and, and use it as like a catapult to shoot us back up which every bad thing has the potential to do. But what can help you if you're going through something bad now is to let yourself go through that. Trust it's, it's going to or can serve you in mm -hmm. some way and not be like, oh shit, I'm not at a high vibe now. What, what do these guys do? <laughs> well, we go down all the time, but again, we make use of the obstacles and uh, they, they can be your, your, your greatest catalyst for growth. Yeah, and there's, there's always gonna be a little bit of a dip, you know? I, we, we joke around about this sometimes because uh, sometimes people will comment on our videos and they'll say, oh, you guys are, or like, so they'll say something like about me being enlightened or Victor being enlightened. And it's like, it's far from it. You know what I mean? Like enlightenment is like a true sense of like oneness or like, 
I don't know, I guess the stereotypical way we think about enlightenment, but really this is an ongoing path. Like I don't think the path of awakening is ever really over. I think that you just keep going on more and more. And maybe there's like this unifying point of like enlightenment or something like that. But um, I'm definitely- A lot of like the people who are somewhat enlightened by most people's definition, like your masters, like your Eckhart Tolle, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, Adishanti, those guys who sort of reside in that unity state, they even say that there are depths to that. There's just different levels to that. So it's yeah. just like a never ending sort of thing. I think enlightenment is just where you really truly transcend the dualistic way of perceiving life mm -hmm. and you sort of reside from that perspective. But I'm not there yet. I think a lot of, I think pretty much everyone watching this, all of us are heading there. We're, we're yeah. going to get there at some point. And if not, that's cool too. I'll accept that. I think that's kind of what's happening on the planet right now. Me too. It's like more and more people are waking up to kind of like this dance of duality that's not even necessary anymore. Like we were so bought into the old structure, right? This old, old understanding of labels of like, this is you and this is me and you live over here and I live over here and I have this belief and you have this belief. But we're seeing now that everything's a matter of perspective and we don't have to like identify with it. So it almost kind of diffuses this whole issue of duality. And when you see it from that point of view, it's not like you don't, you're just so above it, but it's like you observe it and then it doesn't have power over you. And in that state, it's like your vibration naturally raises. So right now on the planet, so many people are becoming aware that just the old system just doesn't serve anymore. So it's starting to kind of crumble down, like the old political system, kind of the way that there's like violence and war. And when you look at the media, I mean, a lot of you guys, maybe you guys watch the media and maybe you look at it and you're like, it's like, you don't even want to watch it or you do and it just doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like it's really what's happening in the world. It feels like maybe there's some skewed perspective there. Um, I think people are just becoming more aware that of that duality and that it's not, it's a, it's a choice to, to pay attention to it, you know? So it's kind of cool because it's when you're in that space, you can like, do I choose this or do I choose this? You kind of like, you can kind of redefine yourself in a powerful way. So yeah, I think that that's, that's something cool. So yeah, great, great question. Um, um, yeah, so here's another question. Whoa. Here's another question. If you're in a high vibe place, is it inevitable to drop? Um, there, so this is the kind of way I view high vibe. So when you raise your set point, when you raise how you feel because you observe and you kind of let go of stuff, you may, like I use this analogy a lot, but like I used to feel like on a scale of one to 10, I was at like a three to a five out of 10. I wasn't feeling that great. I wasn't feeling that bad. I was like, right, kind of like a like little bit on the more negative side because of a lot of painful childhood and stuff like that. Then what happened is I, uh, I learned to meditate, I learned how to observe my thoughts, I kind of detached from the game of duality, not enlightenment, <laughs> not at all, just like a little bit of like a, of awakening, I guess. And when that happened, my vibrational set point raised to like a seven or eight out of 10. Now I'm realizing actually that that eight or that nine, that 10 scale I'm talking about, there's actually much more than that. It's just my ego thinks that there's only a one out of 10, right? But what I realized is then I went to a seven or eight out of 10, but still I would dip up and down a little bit. So it's like, it, there's still a scale there. You still have emotions. It's not like you become kind of like a robot, but yes, if you get to a certain pay, place, it may be inevitable that it does drop. It's not like, in a, it's not like even enlightenment. We think it's like this ever ending state of um, bliss, but maybe there's, there's like he was saying, like Victor was saying, there's depths to that. So in the same way, I think, yes, it is kind of inevitable that if you get to a really high vibe place that it may go down a little bit, but it may, you just go, that's part of life. Like it's not seeing it as you can either look at the wave or you can look at the particle and it's like the particle, the wave, you know, understanding it's both, you know, it's, it's both the moment in time that you're experiencing it. Plus it's like something that's going to wave. It's you're going to have like these set points that goes from a seven to an eight to a nine down to like a five or a six, or maybe even lower than that. But you, you learn how to traverse it easier as you go. It gets easier and easier to go through the process because you learn what makes you feel a certain way. I would add one quick thing. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah, I would say in short, the answer is yes. You, you, you know, it's difficult to maintain the vibration you're going to have in nature. But what I found is I, like right now, as I, as you guys know, I live in Vegas and I try to go to the Red Rocks out there a few, three, four times a week. And it always comes down. I don't feel as high vibe when I get after four or five hours of being home around my three kids. They're crazy, you know. Um, but, but that vibration sort of stays with me. Though it ceases, it still seems to Im- give me an overall higher vibration throughout the whole week, even though it, it kind of goes up and down. So it's still, I would say, wise to spend time in nature, even though it will never mm-hmm. take you down because overall it still has a well, positively impact your vibe. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's see what it says. So someone said, you guys inspired me to be the female version of you and guess and spread awareness through my IG and YouTube. Ashley said that. Awesome, Ashley. Good we love you. to hear that. Yeah. I think right now uh, as well, it's like there's more and more people that are stepping forward because they realize how much they can influence the people around them and even start an audience and stuff like that because this information, this information not because I'm being like egoic about it and thinking like, oh yes, the niche that Victor or I in is gonna explode, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon because I think as time goes on, as there's more awakening on the planet, more and more people are gonna become aware of it. And we may be in the space already, but maybe you can do the same thing. Maybe you have an, a unique perspective or a perspective in general, and you can start to share it with people. And by doing so, you actually raise the vibration of the people you're around. You give more, um, you give more kind of like of an impact to people by spreading your message so that's something that we encourage a lot of you guys to do and we think it's really cool that um that you guys are attracted to doing that here's a good question how to attract your tribe so um it's kind of funny but i would say just kind of trust the process like eventually victor and i linked up we're both on youtube lived in different states even now we all obviously both live in vegas and we were able to like do a lot of work together we do a lot of business together and stuff like that as far as like we help each other with our businesses and we help each other with what we do and it's a very it's a very you know, uh, very fulfilling and what's the word? It's like we prop each other up, you know, in, in, um, and one of the ways that you can attract your tribe is by trusting the process and also dropping the labels because I know for you and me both, I think we'll talk, we'll get your, I'll just kind of explain mine shortly real quick. But when I first went through my spiritual awakening, it was kind of weird to a lot of people. I come from this like guy with ADHD that's just really loud and obnoxious. I'm still kind of loud, but it's in a different way. Um, and it's, uh, I was, I was a certain way. All of a sudden I come back, I'm talking about meditation. I'm talking about like awakening. I'm talking about like spirit, being a spiritual being, uh, living a temporary, like human experience. And people are like, what the hell happened to Aaron? What happened to him? You know, they couldn't figure it out. And there was almost, I developed this belief that like people just didn't get me and there just weren't a lot of people like me around. And I developed this belief. And the longer I carried that belief, the more that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. So then I would go out and even if there was people around that would actually resonate with what I was saying, I, or you know, resonate with my perspectives. I almost blocked them out because I was so convinced that there nobody like me. You know what I mean? So that kind of stopped me from connecting to people at a deep level and seeing those people that may have been around me the whole time. And uh, the more I let go of that perspective and I just trusted the process, the more people have just come into my life, like Victor and people like to just kind of influence in a very positive way like that. So I'd say trust the process. Um, and uh, drop the beliefs that like everyone is different because I know I'm sure maybe you went through it. We have a very similar story when we went through a spiritual awakening and kind of come out of it. And uh, I was back in 2012 ish. And then people just thought, you know, like, what did people think you were like, like, what the hell's going on, Victor or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah I went basically through the exact same thing. Um, but what I would I would say as far as to answer your question, what I think the most important factor is for finding your tribe is to like color your flag 
and then wave it high, meaning really become an expression, a true expression of your potential. Mm-hmm. When I started to really do that, as, as hard as it was, um, then you are you you sort of are a magnet for your tribe. Aaron found me. We were kind of found each other, mm-hmm. um, but he would have never known who I was if I, you know, yeah. if I really stayed ingrained in the life I knew was not really resonating with me. I really had to push through my fears and, and have courage and be be myself to my fullest, and then the the, the tribe just comes to you. Yeah, funny how that works. But and be it, patient. It takes time, man. It, it really takes does. time, but it's it, transform it's, yourself. The more level. you let go of the filters too, and you don't give a shit what people think, the more you'll find your tribe. Like I know the more the more I even share on this podcast, for example, and even on Instagram and stuff, the more I share my pers- my actual perspectives versus like trying to maintain a certain self image of like the YouTube guy. The more I kind of break that down and just say what I honestly think about without the filters, the more people really like it. And it's funny because it's like you would think that, you know, there'd be more polarity because it's like, oh, he's talking about this. He's talking about that. You know, that's different, you know. Um, But at the same time, like I talk about parallel realities. I talk about, you know, the fact I don't I talk about instead of like past lives that I believe we have parallel incarnations. Like we're immortal spiritual beings living a temporary human experience. All this stuff that a lot of people would seem weird, but it's what I really believe or it's what I really think or whatever and it's like I'm not as afraid as I used to be to share those ideas and the more I'm not afraid to share those ideas the more people even if they don't get it and they're like parallel realities I don't really get that this whole spiritual stuff like really you know like parallel incarnations and understanding um, stuff like that I don't get it but I respect it because he is like grounded in what he's saying and he's not like at the whims of like oh what are people gonna think what are people gonna think so I would say also just you don't need to sell what you're talking about other people just embody it and not really care what people think and the way you do that is you just have to remain trusting the process and knowing that as you share your message as you express yourself you also attract to you people that will resonate with that expression so that's kind of my spiel on it okay so yeah a whole bunch of you guys asking a whole bunch of questions wow okay Uh, Jay Suddy said, I uh, I manifested something instantly during your higher self meditation. That's really cool. If you guys don't know, I've been doing a lot more meditations on YouTube. And uh, every video will kind of have like a quick 10-minute explanation and then a 10, 15-minute meditation. And I've been having amazing, uh, amazing experience or, you know, amazing um, feedback from it. So I'm going to keep doing it. So, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, What about UFOs? Have you ever met one? You ever met a UFO? <laughs> just I just wanted to throw that on him just to see what he said. <clears throat> um, so UFO, UFO. So So a UFO. So the way that I view the whole idea of UFOs is it's just a different aspect of consciousness. I think at the deepest level, the deepest fundamental level, everything we experience in our life is a reflection of a different level of our own consciousness. So when we think of that idea of um, different extraterrestrials and we give them names and labels and stuff. That's cool and all, but at the deepest fundamental level, they are another aspect of our consciousness, and we may have parallel incarnations in that star system. It's just a possibility, but I believe that in a way, we've logged into the reality of Earth, we've logged into this kind of uh, reality that we're in, but we're actually much more vast than that. So when we say UFOs, I think that really those things are a different aspect of our own consciousness at a very deep level. We can give it names, and we can, um, we, can, we can understand it in that way, but from a certain level, I believe that uh, 
that most of them, not all of them, but I think most of them um, come from a higher level of consciousness, which means they come with this understanding that we are all one. That's why maybe we'd be getting a lot of assistance and maybe we've had connection with ETs and stuff for thousands and thousands of years, but maybe the cover, the in information's been suppressed. But nonetheless, I think um, when it comes to UFOs, um, we actually went to, what do we, what's it called? We went to, a, what did we go to two nights ago? Like a UFO, like Watch. sightseeing sort sightseeing of Sightseeing UFO thing with this lady here in, uh, in Sedona. And it was really cool. We went up there. She had like, there's like these goggles you put on. They're like $10,000 uh, each or something like that. They're like these high, like military type goggles. You put them on and you can see all the stars, which is crazy. And what she did is she showed us satellites. She showed us planes so that we knew when they're going east to west or like uh, which direction they're going. We know when they're whether they're that or whether there's something else. And it was really cool because we saw a ton bunch of UFOs, a yeah. bunch of them and they're just moving around they're moving in these different directions some of them would start to move in formation and you can kind of like she had this laser that she was like kind of um she was kind of flashing at them and sometimes they would do they would get bigger and then smaller and then disappear it's really cool to see but um yeah so I guess that was two nights ago we wanted to have that experience just because uh just kind of have a reference experience because oh that's cool they have a big butterfly Beautiful butterfly yeah, yeah. um wow Anyways, yeah, <laughs> um, it's like yellow. It's really cool. Um, I thought I could maybe get it, but okay. So, anyways, yeah, that's. Have we ever met one? I think at a di at a deeper level, we're all connected to different what we could call ETs. Um, we have different existences and different star systems at a spiritual level, at a different dimensional level. We just simply forgot it because when we're having the experience of life, we are awake and we're having this experience as we work as we look around but it might not be relevant to have all these remembrances all these different levels that we have because maybe it'll confuse us maybe we won't want to be here because here things are very dense they move a little bit slower but the vibrations are speeding up now so i think that's powerful to understand how long has it been how long does that say i don't know okay cool yeah we'll go we'll go longer um so cool so let's see cool see wonderful answer thank you guys um Um, Aaron has the best cell phone coverage ever. Like, I can't even go into my backyard with my phone dropping. <laughs> um, yes, but the real, do you see, let's see, what the, let me see more questions. Um, so somebody said, ever had intergalactic type dream? That was from uh, Babalito21. So... Yeah, I think that I think a lot of times the way our dreams work is they give us symbols of our consciousness and like how we think. So sometimes it'll be in correlation with what we are comfortable kind of having the experience of or what we are comfortable in the language that we kind of understand. So it uses aspects of our own consciousness to understand that. But I think at a deeper level, um, it'll it might come in different forms. But yeah, but it's been a long time. I think that I've had many different experiences of that. Of that. What What's about up, you? Guys? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I've had quite a bit of, uh, I would say, dream activity of that nature. Um, yeah. Are you guys trying to figure out where to go? Uh, go that way. That that yeah, way, kind of like down. You go. You go that way, and then eventually you'll be able to go up to the top up there, and then you'll be able to go down as well. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, fun. Yeah, man, you know me. I'm always sharing my dreams with you. Yeah. Yeah, he I, has he has a whole a bunch of dreams, um, kind of like that, and it's kind of cool. Especially because... a lot of lately, that I've been having quite a few. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, in short, the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, we. Let's see. Yeah, no, especially in Sedona. I, I noticed in Sedona, 
there's like this this vibe like when I wake up I'm like man there's something going on there you know what I mean because yeah. what I think happens when we dream at night is I think that we use dreams that might be symbols of, uh, of maybe a message that we want to get from our higher selves but I think at a fundamental level when we're going to bed at night we're actually awake in much higher dimensional expansion that we can even we can't even really imagine right now but we use dreams as a way to understand it and uh, so yeah so I think while you may be having you know these messages are like of these of uh, UFOs or ETs or paranormal what was the intergalactic type dreams I think that in dream state in general you're traversing through different realities anyways through different dimensions and through different type uh, experiences so regardless whether it, it could be real it could be a dream or it could be actually something that you're doing it out of the shell of your body right and I, I also like what you said about I, I believe my own take is that a lot of it's metaphorical like sometimes yeah. I can sort of have the sense of you know like in a, a different consciousness in my dream but it'll take the form of something somewhat familiar like like uh like there's this guy i watch bashar he's like a channeler so sometimes i'll have like what it can seem like a message i don't think it's actually bashar or daryl anka in my dream but it's like that's what my mind is comfortable yeah. with and that's where the like the, the metaphor that will allow me to get that message but i i found that the more i've been going on the more et like the dreams have been getting as I've sort of warmed up to the idea of that. And maybe the more comfortable you're becoming with exactly, it. Exactly. So right. it's like you're, you're more resonant with those kind of experiences. Yep. So, okay, that was a good question. Um, someone said, I just sent you that butterfly. Well, thank you. <sighs> I love butterflies. I do too. Um, let's see. Answer a couple more questions. Let's see. Powerful technique. Hey, Victor, talk about psychedelics more and if they're safe to do, often strictly for spiritual growth, and which ones to take. Thanks. As a, as a okay. question, so. Well, for, for one, I wouldn't ask anybody to tell you those answers because it's, it's such a subjective experience and you'll want to just discover what resonates with you. So. I could not, I don't really believe they are safe across the board, quite honestly. They're very, very powerful. And there's a, like, like any blade or tool, there's a great potential for them, but they need to be used and handled with care and respect and maturity. Mm -hmm. um, but my personal favorites are, are magic mushrooms and ayahuasca. I find that there really seems to be an element of, uh, of like a higher, to, uh, like, a, like a really wise, they're like wise, uh, wise teachers <laughs> wise like like nature teachers that really seem to have a benevolent goal of helping me um, really disimprove myself and become mm -hmm. more unified as a human being and uh, I really have a deep trust for both of the what I would feel against spirits that are connected with those two plants so they're my two favorites yeah yeah we went to Rhythmia I've we talked about this a couple times but yeah we go to we go back to Rhythmia in November and Rhythmia one of the things they do though is they have like plant medicine ceremonies and it's something that uh, I've talked about before, but yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't know how comfortable I'd feel doing it, but I'm very glad that I pushed myself to do it. And uh, it's dumb, you become aware of your ego. My main message when I did it was to let go because I kind of have developed a strong discipline for me to get where I've gotten, either with the YouTube channel, with my business, with what I do. And I had to develop kind of a strong ego because I've been making a video a day, I've been doing all these things. And I realized that what I had to learn how to do is to really let go and to not think that I had to do everything. If you knew, even if you look at my YouTube channel, I was 
I was believing that, you know, even the LOA material that I was teaching was like, take action, take action, take action, which is still powerful, but I, I didn't have this element of letting go. It was all from the ego's perspective. So why not let the universe also manifest for you or with you? Why think that the ego has to do everything? That's kind of what I became aware of. And even now, it's an ongoing process. I mean, Victor, last night we were talking about it. It's like, got to learn to let go more. Let go of the outcome more. Stop trying to force things to happen. Because uh, even though, like, the amazing, like, honestly, I've been living in more of an ecstatic expression in my life than ever before because I'm doing what I love, because I'm just, you know, I'm just really taking action with it, but also letting go. But it's just sometimes I got to let go more. And that kind of reminds me of that, that trip in uh, November when I went, and it was just this constant message because I was feeling so much unconditional love in my heart when I was doing the uh, ayahuasca. And it was for two and a half hours. I felt so much unconditional love in my heart that it was freaking me out. I was like, I just thought my chest was going to explode. And it's a big paradox. Remember that one to, one to 10 scale I was telling you about earlier? The one to 10 scale, and I felt like I went through spiritual awakening, I was at a three or a four, and then I went to like a seven or eight, and I started feeling really good, like really good all the time. Well, what I realized is in that moment when I was having that experience back in November, it was like, hey buddy, you think that you have a one to 10 scale? He's like, how about a 15? Here you go, here's a 15 out of 10. And then I was like, whoa, this is very powerful. And it kind of brought up a lot of the ego, it brought up a lot of stuff that just wasn't serving me, and then I could just kind of look at it and just let it go. And I could just think to myself, let go, let go. And the more I let go, the easier things became. And even in daily life now, I remember that. I'm like, I can just let go. The more I let go, the more I let in. So you can use that for manifestation. You can use that for becoming aware of the ego. The, both the things he was talking about, um, the two different types, they both will kind of uh, make you wary, aware of your ego and it kind of lets you know your blind spots. Say, hey buddy, you're, looking, you're doing this right now. This is something you, should, you, should, you can look at in a different way or you can kind of let go of. So yeah, nonetheless, nonetheless though, they're very powerful teachers. Um, so you guys are lovely souls. Thank you. I don't know about that question. How to manifest every time successfully? Any tips? Um, letting go is very powerful. Not have expect. You want to be specific, but at the same time, you don't want to be attached to the outcome. So I'd say because every time. Um, and I might, might, not, might not be realistic to say every single time because it depends on how specific you're being. But in general, if you trust that it's a part of the process, like a lot of times what happens is you want to create something in your life, something happens, you give it a meaning of whatever happened means that what you want isn't happening. And because of that, you then kind of block the experience from happening. But what if instead you gave it a meaning as this is a part of the process? Make everything a part of the process and you will manifest something every single time because it's a non... It's an always moving process. You're always going through and you're always finding out more. So I'd say become aware of what you want and know that you can integrate every experience into building up on top of itself. So do you have anything to add about that or just kind of? Yeah, I would say that's like asking, how do I be perfect? Like that's an unrealistic expectation to have, I would say, just sort of relax and, and do your best. But like he said, we're always manifesting. It's not like we, we it's like life isn't all a manifestation it's about mm -hmm. becoming more masterful and aware and present so that you can have more of a dominion and, and, and influence over what manifests and allow yourself to go and improve at that skill which mm -hmm. there's nobody on this planet who's probably perfect at that so I would say just just keep be aware keep of it trying it and learning from every every moment of life you can learn from yeah well said I like that I'm going to answer, we'll answer one or two more questions, um, only because my hand's getting tired. Yeah. I'll do more of these later. Okay, let's see. 
Let's see, one or two more questions. Uh, any advice for tournaments in competitive sports, mainly golf? Um, yeah. well, anytime people ask me this question, I always recommend that you pay more attention to your self-image. How do you view yourself as a golfer or as a, a sports player? Uh, I get also asked a lot of questions of how do I become, like if you have kids or you are younger and you're going through school or you're in college and you're saying, how do I get better grades? How do I track better grades? Change the way you view yourself and the way you digest information. If you believe that it's hard to learn, then that belief will make it so you don't actually retain the information. See yourself, have the self-image that you are an amazing golfer, that you are a great student, that you are somebody that can creatively think. See yourself as that. You don't have to see yourself, here's the thing though, don't see yourself as better than everyone else. See yourself, have confidence in yourself, but don't think that that means you're better than other people, because then you create something that's called excess potential. You create this almost like, you see a lot of people that when they develop a strong ego, sometimes they get thrown on their ass because they are, um, they're identifying with it too much. Don't identify with it so much, just allow it to flow through you. Allow yourself, see yourself as an amazing whatever it is, and as you have that self-image, you will eventually align your body language, align your actions to that. So self-image is so often underestimated, but if you change your self-image, everything changes, and changing your self-image isn't so much about even attaining a new self-image, it's about letting go of what doesn't serve. If you're doing what you're passionate about, it's very natural for us to have the self-image that we are speaking and doing what we love and you know traveling and stuff because it's just what we it's like who we are it's the way we see ourselves it's what we love doing it's the frequency that we enjoy so just tag that on to what you're doing do you have anything to add or yeah i'm trying to think of this book where i'm gonna i'm gonna reference this uh analogy that i think is fitting it's uh it's the, basically the analogy is to to practice there's different levels of practice. So this is gonna get sort of beyond like esoteric and like manifestation, but the analogy was there's this one guy, he's been playing guitar his whole life, you know, he'll learn a song, and then when he's comfortable with the song, he'll play it for his friends, and you know, he's put X amount of time, X amount of years into his craft. Then there's this other guy who's a bit younger, who's like playing rock shows 20 times better because he would practice the hard stuff. He was always forcing himself to learn and expand beyond his comfort zone. So I would say don't just, you know, really, yeah, really do that right practice. And then beyond that, I would say a, a big thing that pro athletes do, a lot of the really great ones is mental rehearsal, visualization. Yep. Like really like, like don't just do it once in a while. I'd spend like an hour a day. If you're like a real competitive, seeing yourself, overcoming the obstacles, having a smooth experience, really seeing that in your mind and taking that mm -hmm. sort of abstract uh, practice and taking it very seriously because it does work you guys know Stephen Curry who um, won or you know the Golden State Warriors what he does is he goes into a sensory deprivation tank and when he's in the sensory deprivation tank he will actually visualize himself winning games and like making game-winning shots and that's what ends up happening so it's something that does work and that's why a lot of times visualiz visualization is something that is often underemphasized. so we're gonna take one more question then we're gonna go ahead and go it's been about 40 minutes now so my, my hand's getting tired of uh, holding this. Um, let's see. One more question. So here's a small question. Are, are you going to leave this live up? I really enjoy listening to you guys. Yeah, we're going to leave this up. It's going to be up for 24 hours. It's also going to be on the podcast. So if you guys, uh, after 24 hours, uh, want to re-listen to it, you can just go to the podcast. It'll be number, I forget which number it'll be, but it'll be the one that's coming li that's going live tomorrow. 
Um, see, one more question. One more. Let's see. Let's see. One more question. A lot of nice comments, guys, but let's get one more question. Yes, I'm a Sagittarius. Uh, you're a Gemini, right? All right, guys, one more question. Okay, here's a good one. Uh, what's, okay, two, two more, one small question. Will you consider a meetup in Sedona? We were actually talking about that. That is something that we are eventually gonna be doing. So um, maybe eventually we'll make like a sign-up form or something, like an opt-in form or something. Yeah, it's in the works for sure. We're gonna, yeah, we, we wanna eventually do something here, see how, how many people and stuff, but maybe do some type of uh, uh, like that. Um, okay, here's, okay. Here's a question about, uh, we've had two or three questions very similar. Uh, you guys have some good questions. Okay, cool. Um, soulmates and twin flames. Um, <clears throat> what do you, what, do you have a certain perspective? The way, uh, do you wanna go first? Do you have a certain perspective on that or? I don't have a very popular opinion on all that. Um, I would say. I think I, I kind of started off. I, okay. I, or either way. Go ahead, go ahead bro, yeah. I think that we're, I think at the fundamental core level, there's certain people that we're meant to have like a soul contract with. Like maybe before we come into life, we're like, oh, there's certain people we're gonna have certain roles in our life and there's certain appointments that we've made and maybe we make those appointments. But I think at the fundamental core level, we are already whole and complete. So sometimes the viewpoints of twin flames can be a little bit, uh, they can be a little bit uh, kind of not productive if we are looking for happiness in that twin flame, in the other person. So it's about really embodying that love, that understanding of who we are now, because then that increases the probability that we do make those appointments of those soul contracts, whatever we call it, for soulmates or twin flames. When it comes to the, the idea of a soul having a split off, maybe that is something that's real. I don't know. But I do know that the more we feel needy for somebody else and we feel like, oh, if I just met this soulmate or something like that, the more we externalize our power and therefore we don't experience the reflection that we want. So the more we embody the love that we naturally are, the more we will then see that reflection and it comes back. So that's kind of the way I view it. I think there's certain people we had appointments with. Some of those appointments could have been um, to be, spend a whole life with someone. Maybe it's even just to spend uh, a certain period of time it just kind of depends. I think there's different kinds of appointments we can make, and it just kind of depends. So, yeah, that's kind of my viewpoint. Okay, yeah, I would say probably on some level there's like a, a semblance of a differentiation between soulmates and twin flames, but just what a pattern I notice a lot of people really get, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think a lot of people d will start to sort of segregate and categorize and compartmentalize their different relationships and give them, assign them different levels and values and, well, I'm in this relationship, but they're not my twin flame and so it's not, it's not as valid. So I think it's better to really just focus on the feeling of the relationship itself and, and which is usually something that transcends any kind of label um, and, and, and that allows people to kind of dig into the actual moment-to-moment -moment experience mm -hmm. of the interaction between the, the souls, whether it's a twin flame or I find it to be unimportant. Like my wife and I, a lot of people are like, oh, they're, like we really don't 
based on what my perception of the definition of a twin flame is, we don't think we are twin flames. We think we're just soulmates, but we're good with that. We don't care. We're in a good relationship and we love each other and that's really what's important. If someone was to come down and say, you're not twin flames, you're not soulmates, that would not mean anything to me because yeah, I you'd really still don't be like, I st you're like, I still love her and you know, like it's, it's just it's about just, the experience. Yeah. yeah. So it's all I, relative, right? Yeah, I think the definitions can sometimes help like cause people to miss or not, you know, miss a good thing in front of their face. Yeah, like a lot of those appointments I was talking about, how we may have made some certain appointments in our life. Those appointments that we've made, the only way we're going to miss them is if we worry whether we're going to miss them or make them or not. If we worry, then we're going to more offset it. Trust the process. Trust the timing in your life. Know that things happen in the right time. And as you go for it with that perspective, you'll find that things start to align anyway. So it's all about that awareness that everything is perfect, whole and complete. You are perfect, whole and complete. And when you come at it from that frame, everything will manifest on the outside the way you want anyways. You will see the direct reflection of what you want. So anything you want to add? Or? Yeah, one, one last thing is I will say that my I used to have sort of a harsh criticism of the idea of twin flames. I used to feel like there's a lot of people that I questioned how they were so certain they've met their twin flame and stuff. So I had sort of a, a negative perception. But I will say working with a lot of people one-on-one, -on -one, I have found that there really does seem to be the phenomenon of a twin flame, a very a certain character type of relationship where souls unite or come into each other's lives to mm -hmm. really catalyze a lot of spiritual growth. And it doesn't always make for the most clean relationship, but both parties usually end up benefiting. But I understand it's also kind of a, a really like unusual situation and it can really cause a lot of mixed feelings and mixed emotions and really there's no real blueprint mm -hmm. for how these couples go about their lives together when there's that that real strong connection and yet on paper and practically speaking sometimes the relationship doesn't fit in and it can cause a lot of internal conflict so I also with all what I said I want to temper it with a compassion if anyone relates mm. with the twin flame sort of scenario that um, I, I see it as a, as a positive thing, but also maybe a stressful thing. And I didn't mean to be too crass or harsh I as see. I spoke about it. No, I, think you, I don't think you were. I think you were just kind of sharing your ideas. Yeah. So anyways, we want to thank you guys. If you guys want more of this kind of a style, can you guys go ahead and put some hearts or something? Let me see. Let me. Uh, you just like seeing the hearts. Say, I do. I do. <laughs> that validation. I'm like, oh, more hearts, more validation. But if you guys want more Q&As like this, more uh, kind of podcast type styles, we'll do more like it as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you guys are awesome. You guys are so interactive. So many questions. So many thank nice you, comments. Everybody. Thank you so much. We want to both thank you for being here. And we will see you guys on the next episode. And we'll probably do some more live Q&As in between then as well. So if you guys haven't already, um, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the podcast. And uh, this is Victor Odo. You can uh, find him at Victor Odo on YouTube and Victor Odo on Instagram as well. So other than that, we're going to sign off, we're going to finish our hike, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace, much love, and namaste.